I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Tamara Holmes, Director of the Office of Broadband for the State of Virginia. Since the office was established in 2019, Dr. Holmes says that Virginia has successfully closed half of its digital divide. And recently, the state's governor, Ralph Northam, announced plans to invest $700 million in federal relief money toward achieving universal broadband access over the next three years. Dr. Holmes and I discuss how Virginia has been able to address connectivity needs through the Virginia Telecommunication Initiative, or the BODY program, for last mile deployments, why it helps that the state's broadband office sits within the Department of Housing and Community Development, and how her office is preparing to distribute state and federal aid to close the remaining divide. Dr. Holmes, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me this afternoon, Nicole. My pleasure. So to start off, just tell me a bit about your role as the director of the Office of Broadband, when the office got started and what it does. Okay. So the office was officially established in 2019, in fall of 2019. So we're still in our toddler stages. Um, (laughs) Ironic, we're one of the OGs, as they like to call us (laughs) in the broadband space, because a lot of um, states are still just right now standing up broadband offices. So we get a lot of questions from our peer states on, you know, kind of how things are going in Virginia and how we got started. So again, we were officially established in 2019. And um, I became the director at that point. And honestly, I transitioned from a few years position where I served as a policy director at the Department of Housing and Community Development, which is where the office is based out of, um, and actually incubated the body program, which is our state last mile deployment program. So actually the program started out with a million dollars. And I know we're gonna talk a little bit about our new budget proposal, um, but it started out with a million dollars under my old role. And then I transitioned into this role in 2019 full time. And since then, I've been able to build a great team at the Department of Housing and Community Development. We have staff that are planners and staff that are engineers that previously worked in the telecom or broadband industry. And then I have a great policy staff and compliance staff who help keep us developing new program guidelines and keeping us, you know, on task with what our, our, our what it what our goal is with getting, you know, universal coverage within the Commonwealth. So we've built a great team and looking forward to continuing to build that team to solve the digital divide in Virginia. Amazing. And yes, you guys are are not only one of the OGs, you're also a, a leading example of what states can do um, if, you've, if you've got your act together, like you certainly do. So let's talk about um, what you've been able to accomplish. Tell me a bit about the progress you've made in Virginia in recent years and what you've learned about how to expedite connectivity at a state level in terms of what partnerships you need, resources, and so on. Okay. So when we started out, um, there were about 500,000 Virginians that lacked access to broadband. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you paid attention to the governor's announcement down in Southwest Virginia, proposing the $700 million for the Virginia Telecommunication Initiative, it was interesting because the the money took the the spotlight, but we Mm -hmm. actually have closed half the digital divide in Virginia since Um, the inception of the body program, along with investments from the Tobacco Commission as well. So we estimate about 233,000 plus Virginians still lack access to um, reliable broadband. 
So one of the things, the Virginia Telecommunication Initiative, that's our state pro program, and we make an acronym for everything in government, it's called VADI. <laughs> and so VADI has been a, the primary vehicle for helping address the digital divide in Virginia. And it actually is a program that requires a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. So the goal is for units to local government, typically your locality leaders or your economic development leadership or your planning district leaders when they're thinking about regional efforts, um, typically we'll sit down with folks from the private sector to figure out what's the best solution. One of the things we pride ourselves on in Virginia is that it's really a locally driven issue. Like we don't want to come in from the Capitol saying, hey, this is what you need to do. We really empower localities to identify, you know, potential partners that would be great for coming in for a body application for funding. Mm -hmm. um, so we say, you know, even from a, we, we have a broadband toolkit that kind of serves as a blueprint for communities who, well, hopefully not at this point because of the pandemic, but really starting at ground zero. And one of our first recommendations is to talk to your local incumbent providers to find out, you know, what their plans are for expansion. Um, and then also figure out a way to, you know, find out if anyone wants to partner with you, because that's the other thing too. Um, a lot of communities for a long time have had, you know, single providers or they've had multiple providers. And honestly, a lot of it is we used to joke, but in the beginning, we did a lot of eHarmony connections where <laughs> we would like meet folks from local government and they really never talked to their local providers. Mm -hmm. um, and we've connected them with the, you know, the right folks at the companies to have a conversation realistically about what's been happening in a locality, what are the areas that still lack coverage, and then hopefully identify some strategies to address the need in their respective communities. We're really big on this being a locally driven process. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, and that's, what's, that's what seems to actually work. So tell me a bit, you mentioned this earlier, um, the governor, Governor Northam recently announced plans to invest 700 million in relief, federal relief money toward the state's goal of achieving universal broadband access over the next three years. So can you tell me in more detail how that money will be spent and how far you expect it to go toward achieving universal access? So um, the GA is meeting right now. Okay, great. <laughs> the finalization of the budget. As you said earlier, the governor did make a proposed $700 million for broadband. And so VADI actually started out as a, a program funded through the, the general fund. So mm -hmm. we actually, through fiscal year 2022, have about $49.7 million in state funding, in addition to the current $700 million proposal. Um, we do have a current grant round open. So for anyone that's in local government in Virginia, we have a grant that's due September 14th. And um, what we're planning to do right now, Nicole, and again, things can change because the GA is currently in session, is the goal would be, because we have a current grant application cycle open, what we're recommending is folks submit an application through the body. So basically our body program is like the one portal right now. Now mm -hmm. that could be subject to change. Um, but for anyone that's interested in getting funding sooner than later to submit an application through our Virginia Telecommunication Initiative, and we anticipate, along with our $49.7 million, that we'll, you know, award some projects will probably potentially be funded under ARPA funding. Um, uh, one thing we want to note is that, you know, the, the Treasury Department, that's a, it's, I think it's the draft interim final rules, which is always interesting. So, you know, so, so we do know that that's a moving target. Mm. Um, and they haven't finalized the rules yet. So we want to be mindful of both 
the budget will get from the General Assembly, but at the same time, also hearing more about what's happening at the federal level regarding the guidance that has come out. So we do anticipate um, folks um, coming in for the program, just to make you a little aware of the previous rounds, we've always been oversubscribed. So in the last round of funding, we had $49.7 million um, based on the special session last summer. Mm. And we actually had $105 million in requests for funding. Wow. So we anticipate that our 49.7, which is what we started out at the beginning of um, the fiscal year, along with the $700 million proposal, we anticipate we'll get, you know, way more requests than what we actually had with our original funding. Because I will tell you that the 105 million last year, um, due to COVID, our, our original budget proposal was actually cut back to $19 million back in March of last mm. year. Even at that point, because we didn't have the new budget until the summertime when the GA reconvened, the application closed and we still got in 105 million at that point, knowing we only had 19 million. So, wow. <laughs> so just to kind of show the demand for, for the funding, for private sector providers to work with local governments on, you know, closing the digital divide. So at least for this round of um, funding, we're kind of recommending the folks to to submit what they um, want want to do in their respective localities. We're really encouraging groups to think about universal coverage. If you've heard Governor Northam talk about that in the press release and at the event, is we're really looking for the ability to check off localities mm -hmm. off the list of that, that still need to be served and really being more strategic with our investments. Because um, if you've ever had a chance to look at, you know, the FCC has maps, um, the maps, you know, the data is flawed because it yes. overstates coverage. <laughs> um, that's why it has to be locally driven because honestly, right. local leaders know where there is broadband access and they know where there's not broadband access. Um, so that would be, you know, one of the things is folks will ask, you know, what are you guys planning on doing with this 700 million? Well, for, well first, it's got to be adopted right. by the General Assembly. <laughs> Step one. And then, and then two, our grant application that closes on the 14th of September will be a portal to access that funding. What that will look like, I can't say yet because mm -hmm. we're still waiting for final determination from the GA. Um, but for right now, that's been our advice to localities. And we'll see what happens. We actually just, we require a notice of application, Nicole which basically a locality says, I intend on applying. Mm -hmm. All that is public information. It's on our website, which I'll give you before we close. We received 113 notices of application. Wow. For this round of body. Wow. Wow. I mean, you clearly do a good job of getting the word out to the community about these programs, because um, that, that in itself is a hurdle, isn't it? Yes, it is. But honestly, being housed, I know each you know state has a different way that they've set up their broadband office. I will say there's a huge benefit, and I say this to my counterparts in other states, of being in a Department of Housing and Community Development. We have great leadership with our director, Eric Johnston. And honestly, being in a, because one of the things that that has been really important about being at our agency is that we're a community development agency. So when we go into a locality, we're looking at the community holistically. So we're looking at what are all the things that this community needs to address, whether it's broadband, water, sewer, maybe there's you know housing that needs to be updated. So we kind of look at a community holistically. So while I'm going in looking at it from a broadband lens, my counterparts who work in our other divisions are looking at it with their lens. We have conversations about what we can do to best um, provide communities resources. And I know not every state has that benefit. Um, I know many states are still trying to figure out what they're going to do. But I will tell you, I feel blessed to work at the Department of Housing and Community Development 
because of who we are as an agency and our holistic view. But then I also feel blessed because we do have a chief broadband advisor and a deputy broadband advisor. Evan Feynman is the governor's broadband advisor. Kyle Rosner is the <laughs> deputy broadband advisor. And we are a team, even though, you know, they're housed more on the governor's side and we're housed on the, the implementation side. We work as a full-fledged team to address the digital divide in Virginia. And not many folks in other states have that ability to do that. So mm -hmm. I really feel blessed the way we're structured because there's a policy side and there's the implementation side. And we get to work on those things together, but we still have our respective lanes. You know, yeah. I get to work day in and day out with communities to help them address their digital divide. But I've got folks that work on behalf of the governor to help address like policy issues. So one of the things that's been instrumental in um, being caught more making projects more cost efficient i'm not sure if you're familiar with the utility leverage program that are you familiar with that nicole uh, no i'm not okay so just to share with you utility leverage program is a program where our investor-owned utilities dominion virginia power and apco mm -hmm. actually because they're currently upgrading their smart grid their um, transmission lines with fiber Mm -hmm. So they have the ability to go to the state corporation commission and get permission to build excess fiber. And as they build the excess fiber, they can lease it to an internet service provider who, who in turn can actually do last mile build outs. And we've actually funded um, two projects in Virginia using this utility leverage program. Wow. One project in Southwest Virginia in Grayson County with um, Appalachian Power and then a project in the, on the Northern Neck with the Dominion Virginia Power and a private ISP. So that's something that we were seeing folks taking way more advantage of. Um, because at the end of the day, um, the, the goal is to close the digital divide in Virginia and having many tools in our toolkit to address the need in Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the last thing I want to ask you then, you know, we have this uh, broadband bill that is slowly creeping its way through Congress um, with $65 billion. Um, I know you're more focused on things at a local level right now, but is there anything that you really want to see come out of this once it finally makes its way to the president's desk, uh, probably later this year? I mean, I've been doing community development for over 20 years, and this is probably the most investment I've ever seen mm -hmm. in just community development in general, to be honest with you. So, I mean, I think, you know, whatever will come out of Congress, you know, Virginia will continue to, to go towards addressing the digital divide. Um, you know, just because there's a huge demand, you know, there's issues potentially with supply chains. Of course, yeah. we saw that during the pandemic. So I think that whatever comes out of Congress will we'll just add to our to our arsenal of things that we will need to address the digital divide in Virginia. Um, and just waiting to see what, what happens with it, honestly. <laughs> I, right now, as I said earlier, I'm really focused on <laughs> what's happening in the General Assembly right now. That's know, right. Regarding our $700 million and looking forward to implementing you know, that the, the, the recovery funds to support the, the digital addressing the digital divide in Virginia. And maybe once we finish with our GA session, I'll be able to pay a little close attention to, to what's going on in DC. But right now I'm paying close attention to what's going on in Virginia. And that's why I have a policy person that can do that. That's perfect. And fair enough. Uh, you have plenty of time to pay attention to what they're doing because they're not getting through it anytime soon. So um, before I let you go, you want to drop that website for people who want to apply? Our, our website is www.dhcd, that's doghousecatdog.virginiaspelledout.gov. 
And you go to the body website, which is V-A-T-I. So www.dhcd.virginia.gov body. Okay. Dog house, cat, dog, uh, yes. as I would say in my, saying that for seven years. <laughs> in my Queens accent, dog house, oh, cat, dog. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure to put that in actual hyperlink, uh, on our website as well, along with this webs, uh, this episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Holmes, for taking the time to talk with me and for all of the amazing work you're doing for the people of Virginia. Uh, it's great, great to hear from you. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you again, Dr. Holmes, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Tian Fu, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.